Ah, oh, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Christ Center. So glad you're here. Have you been enjoying the series? Huh? Anyone in here enjoying the series? How many of you have taken the assessment? Just raise your hands if you've taken the assessment. I'm right on, right on. I'm so proud of you. Well done. Turn to your neighbor and say, take the assessment. A few of you out there still need to take it. Hey, if you're new to Christ Center, just want to give you a big welcome today. If you're new online, just so thrilled that you join us. As a matter of fact, I'll be in the back. If you're new today, I'd love to get to know you, get to meet you, and maybe we can go out and get some coffee and connect. And um, We just never take for granted that you would be here. Uh, and, I, and I say give up. You're not giving up anything because you're getting God's word. Amen? But that you would be with us on a Sunday. It just shows me where your priorities are. Uh, we're in a series called The Seven Wonders. And uh, this series is about exploring seven core questions that we have asked ourselves from the time we are children throughout adulthood. And how we answer these seven core questions determines what kind of habits we have, what kind of, whether they're healthy or unhealthy habits. And so uh, this morning, um, this would be uh, technically, part four, we had an introduction, and then the last two were, it was, I wonder, am I safe, and I wonder, am I secure? And this morning, um, we're going to be looking at, I wonder, am I loved? And before we do that, I want to just start out with a scripture that is what I feel like kind of the theme verse for this series. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, Yet your teacher will not hide himself anymore, but your eyes shall see your teacher. And we're going to read on in just a minute. But this is in the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. And he's talking to the children of Israel, but it, I believe, correlates all the way down through the centuries to where we are today. Because it was prophetic of the Messiah who has come. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity, let's read that again. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teacher will not hide himself anymore, amen, but your eyes shall see your teacher. Next. And your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. When you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. How many of you want the voice of God speaking to you? Anyone in here? I want to hear him say, Steve, hold on, go this way. Or Steve, I'm closing this door, go in this door. I need that every day of my life. And so today's core question is, uh, am I loved? Let's take a look at all of them. Am I safe? Am I secure? Am I loved? Am I wanted? Am I successful? Am I good enough? And do I have purpose? And let's just... Look at how these core questions work. And this is a little bit of review, but for those of you that have not been here, let's just take a peek at it. When you were younger, you were stamped with a core question in your childhood. Maybe it was, am I safe? And you didn't feel safe. Or am I loved? And you didn't feel loved. And so it was stamped on you. Now as a youth or an adult, you subconsciously continue to ask that core question repeatedly. When the answer to that core question becomes a yes, life feels good again. When the answer is no, or maybe, or maybe, you begin to scramble. It doesn't have to be no, it just can be unsure. You begin to scramble. In your scramble, you attempt to force a yes 
through unhealthy means. And as I said, today's wonder is, I wonder, am I loved? And the history behind someone that has this as, uh, as their core question, it might be, did your parents talk over you when you were a child? Uh, did you feel unheard or unseen? Maybe you were the baby of the family. Uh, was love withheld from you? Or were your parents so busy helping everyone else that your needs were overlooked? This is typically the history of a person that asks the core question, am I loved? And let's look at the snapshot. Let's back up there. They want to feel a loving connection emotionally and physically at any cost. Constantly craving that emotional love. When things are going well, these people are nurturing, kind, empathetic. Q3s, and by Q3 I mean the question three, am I loved? Use their gift to help others feel seen, heard, and treasured. However, when they are in the scramble, they abandon themselves through people-pleasing, overgiving, codependent relationships, or they keep others at a safe distance so that they cannot be hurt again. I remember several years ago now, um, and I've shared this story before. It's been quite a while, but bear with me because I think it represents this question, am I loved? But several years ago, um, when I was a youth pastor, and we were in our old building um, on Vine Street, we had, a, we had a solid core team. And that core team, their mission, their, their passion, um, their calling was to make everyone feel loved. And it's still to this day, the core team, that's their job. Show up, make people feel loved, served, be humble. And we had a young man that came in, he walked in the back door, and he just stood in the back. Uh, no one was talking to him, or, um, and he kind of had this kind of a stance. Just keep your distance. And so, sure enough, I would see some of my leaders go over and, and invite him to come up front or to come on in the room, and he didn't want anything to do with it. He just stayed in the back. And um, they continued to try. They continued to love him. They continued to show him, and he continued to kind of push back. And then eventually, um, I noticed that he went from the back of the room to now he was off the back wall. He was attached to the wall. Now he's off the wall. We're making progress. And before you know it, you know, he was in the crowd. And he became a beloved member um, of our youth ministry and, and to this day a dear friend. And he really walked in with the question stamped over him, am I loved? And it wasn't too long after he showed up, it's probably three, four months later, he had turned his life over to the Lord and accepted Christ as his Savior. And, and in that moment, he felt loved unconditionally by God. And he started growing in his faith, growing in his relationships with others. And he would show up on Sunday mornings, and he showed up on a Sunday morning. And at the end of the service, um, he came up and he says, hey, I got I to go to work, but I wanted to give you something. And he gave me something, and it was a little tin. And it, ha it, it was actually a tin that had 
Band-Aids in it. Uh, only they were bacon Band-Aids. Not real bacon, you understand that, right? Just they looked like bacon. And um, for all you bacon lovers, I guess, you know, having a Band-Aid with bacon on it is pretty cool. And I thought, wow, that's, thank you so much. You know, I'm, I'm sure I'll use it. I've got three boys. Um, and I didn't think much of it. I got home, and I thought, well, I wonder what these bacon Band-Aids look like. You know, I've never seen a bacon Band-Aid. And I took off the, the lid, and I pulled out, you know, what I thought was a Band-Aid, but it was actually, it was a tissue. And, and as I pulled it out, I opened the tissue, and there was a, a bullet in the tissue. And there was a note And he says, I guess I won't be needing this anymore. I guess I won't be needing this anymore. And I'm like, what? And and I called him. I said, you got to explain this thing here a little bit more to me. What what in the world are you talking about? And he goes, you know, when I first started coming to youth ministry, essentially, I had a scale. And when the reasons for not wanting to live exceeded the reasons to live, I was going to use that bullet. But now, I don't need it anymore. Because he had found unconditional love. First, through God's people, and more importantly, through God himself. And he totally changed. Now, he is giving that same love he got to others. God has a plan for love. I mean, God is love, right? And here's God's pl- plan for love. It's a scripture verse. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, in what? In love, may have power. Together with all the Lord's holy people. To grasp how wide How long, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Rooted, established, filled to the full measure. Because we have the knowledge of what? Knowledge of God. Knowledge of the love of God. His love has been made real to us. That's that's God's heart. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That's his burden. That's his passion. That we would experience that love. And those that are stamped with that core question, am I loved? They need to know that that is God's heart for them, that they truly feel loved. And the core fear of someone who's a Q3 or a am I loved question person is being unheard, dismissed, or unseen. Being loved but not liked. Tolerated but not enjoyed. You see, they would rather be hated because at least there's some emotion to the hatred. But to be indifferent about them, to dismiss someone, to not even know that they exist, that's the worst thing 
the worst fear someone that has this question can have. And their kryptonite is, is just that. It's indifference. It's just feeling like nothing they do matters. No one loves them. No one cares about them. And it's a lie. It's a lie from the pit of hell. But it's a lie that someone with that core question is always wrestling with and always struggling with. And the greatest gift of love that you can ever give to another human being is found in moments of your focused, undivided attention. Oh, listen to this. In a world that is so social media crazy, the quick and easy go through the drive through where we're just going from one thing to the next, to give someone your undivided attention is one of the greatest acts of love that you can do. And people with this core question, they crave it. And if they don't get it answered, yes, they enter the scramble. And what does a scramble look like for someone that has that question, am I loved? It's codependent love. I lose myself in the needs of others. That's the scramble. It's a codependent love. You absolutely move into pleasing all the other people around you to the point that you yourself become depleted. And you are absolutely dependent on a love from another person. That's codependent love. Or transactional love. I love others so that I can feel wanted. In the Bible, I don't know that there's any greater example of this than Leah. Leah and Rachel were sisters. Jacob was looking for a wife, and he saw Rachel, and he fell in love with her. Love at first sight. And he told Rachel's dad... I want your daughter in marriage, Rachel. And he says, okay, you work for me seven years and you can have Rachel. Well, so he worked for Laban for seven years and he got a little bit drunk and so didn't realize that when he went into the, the bedroom chamber with his bride that it wasn't Rachel. It was actually her sister Leah because she was the oldest and needed to get married first. He was deceived. And so he said, hey, what, what is this? You promised me that I would get Rachel if I worked for seven years. Yeah, but we've got to marry off Leah first. So if you work for me another seven years, then you can have Rachel. Really nice guy. Wouldn't you want that guy for a father-in-law? And so he says, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to make you a deal. You still work the seven years, but I'll give you Rachel now. Oh, wow, thanks. That's what he did. But Leah was never really loved by Jacob. She was never chosen by Jacob. But Rachel was. Rachel, Jacob loved. Leah, he didn't even care about. Until she started giving him babies. And in that culture, it was so important to have a male offspring. And that's what Leah was able to give Jacob. And when she was able to give him that, 
she actually felt wanted by him. Now, was it real love? No. It was transactional love. I'll give you a baby so that I can feel wanted. And somewhere, somewhere in that journey with Rachel and Leah and their baby wars for their love for Jacob, after Leah's third child, she moved away from woe is me, no one loves me, to rather I will praise the Lord. I will put my trust in him. She had found that loving anyone on the created side of the line is never going to ultimately fulfill you. No matter how good your marriage is, no matter how good your family life is, that love cannot ultimately fulfill you. That love will fail you. That love will break down at some point. But Leah discovered that God is a God that loves unconditionally. That God is a God that loves her for who she is. That he was, she was actually created by him. And we also need to discover that. That it's not transactional. That's not a true kind of love. And then the third type of love is wounded love. And this is where you just take whatever you can get. I'll just take the scraps because I'm so wounded, even if it means I get hurt. And I recognize that when I share this, some of you may find yourself in one of these places. But I want you to hear me. You don't have to stay there. You can put your faith and trust in God. And he will ultimately be the fulfillment of love in your life. Lastly, a shielded love. And this is where I will keep people at a distance so that I won't get hurt again. Remember we talked about the scripture in Isaiah where it said, though I give you the bread of affliction, though you go through trials and adversity, yet your teacher will not hide his face from you anymore. I will say, go to the right and go to the left, turn this way and turn that way. Well, you see, when someone that has that core question stamped on them, they view everyone else that walks into their life as having that same question, am I loved? Am I loved? You meet someone, you immediately think that's their question, am I loved? Am I loved? Am I loved? That sign above their head, am I loved? And therefore, it becomes your superpower to love them. See, these people that have this question are the world's companions and caretakers. They excel at validating another person's thoughts, feelings, and emotions. People are drawn to their warmth and their ability to support and affirm. This is their superpower. They are exceptional at seeing people and noticing their needs. What this world truly needs is someone that actually sees someone else. You see, that, that is one of the greatest blessings you can give someone is to see them. Even God the Son 
received this blessing from his heavenly father. Remember when he was baptized and he came up, what, what did his heavenly father say? Behold, my beloved son, I see you, son, in whom I am well pleased. That blessing by seeing someone. Uh, what if we could just slow down and really give someone our undivided attention? Really see them. These people have the ability to do that. They create space for others that they feel they can open up. You create that safety because you believe that they're asking, am I loved? So you create that safe space. You allow them to be brave enough to be themselves. This is something the world desperately needs. Sadly, most people struggle with feeling loved. This is just the reality. Most people struggle with feeling loved. However, it's those people with this question, I wonder, am I loved? They have the hardest time truly feeling loved. Isn't it ironic that those who give love the most feel the weight of not feeling loved themselves? And so I want to give just some action steps to overcome that feeling of being unloved, that scramble. Number one, be aware of your core question, am I loved? I cannot overemphasize this enough. Half the battle for us is just understanding why you keep going down these unhealthy habits. Because you're trying to get a question answered in an unhealthy way. And when you understand the question, am I loved, we then can coach ourselves into right actions and right thinking. And so that's why I asked, who took the assessment? Because it's so important to know what is the area that I need to overcome in my life. So that's number one. And by the way, if you haven't taken the assessment, go to our website, ChristCenterCashmere.com. It's on the front page. Go to our app under resources and hit it. It, it's super easy, super simple. It's free. Take it. Number two, avoid codependency on others to get your love tank filled. See, it's so easy to be a pleaser, to just go into pleaser mode. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You're just a pleaser. Any pleaser? No one's going to raise their hand. We got some pleasers in there. I was a purebred pleaser in youth ministry, and it almost killed me. And I, I finally had to say, it is not ultimately loving for me to please myself to depletion. That's not healthy. And I had to learn a different way. If the only way I can feel loved by someone is that I have to please them, then it's not healthy. You have to ask for your own needs to be met as well. It takes to help someone, whatever it takes to serve someone, whatever it takes to get them out of that pit, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You Q3s in the room, you will, for, you know, you're on the Titanic, someone jumps overboard, you're jumping over with them. Now, it might be better that you'd grab a flotation device and then jump. But you don't think about that. You just see someone in need and you, you go. The problem is, like this proverb says, there are certain people that will just take and take and take. 
And you have to be careful. Give them a benchmark. If you have someone like this in your life and you find yourself being depleted and you're, you're not really loving yourself if you're not taking a Sabbath, if you're not walking in the rhythm of rest, if you're not listening to Jesus say, go this way and go that way, but you're rushing ahead of him, it's not healthy. And some people will never be satisfied no matter how much you give to them. You've got to be cautious. And so when I say set a benchmark for someone, when I'm counseling with someone, oftentimes I'll set some kind of a benchmark. Okay, by the next time uh, we get together, I want you to order this book and read chapter one, and then I want you to spend five minutes a day in prayer. I get a call. Hey, can we meet again? I said, yes. How did you like that first chapter? Well, I haven't read the book yet. Oh, okay. Well, as soon as you read the book, call me and we'll meet. That's loving. It's also telling me whether they really want help or not. Where you are has to be worse than what it will take to get you out of where you are. And some people just haven't got to that desperate place yet. Be aware of how seductive the feelings of love can be. You just want to feel love. Man, I... After my fiancé died and I was left in this vacuum, relational vacuum, I just wanted to feel love again. And I started getting into relationship after relationship after relationship. And it would work for a, for a bit, but I just wanted the feelings of love. And it was seductive, and it, and it put me on an unhealthy pattern. I just wanted that need to be met because it was so empty. And it was only when I went into an orchard and bowed my knee and said, God, I don't know that I'll ever be loved again, but I give you my life and I receive your love, a love that is never-ending, a love that does not fail, a love that is unconditional. And it changed my life. No longer do I expect that my wife is going to fulfill all those needs. No longer do I expect that my family is going to fulfill all those needs. Sure, they're loving and they fill needs, but ultimately, our source is God and God alone. Love God first and love Him best. And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments, on these two commandments depends all the law and prophets. God is all you need. But often we don't know that until he's all we have. And then you discover he is all you need. I've been to that place. And I don't want to go back to that place, but here's what I'll tell you. I would never exchange the love that I received in those moments from God. I wouldn't change them for anything, even though the pain was so severe. Because it's in those moments of pain and weakness and sorrow and suffering that God meets us in ways he doesn't meet us in other places. The God of all comfort comforts us. And then he expects us to comfort others. And lastly, and 
we're going to end with this. Receive God's love. Receive it. Oh, it sounds so simple, doesn't it? Just receive God's love. And yet I know, I know the enemy has filled your head with lies. I know your own humanity has filled your head with lies. I know your own failure has filled your head with lies. Lies that say, oh, you'll never, you'll never be good enough to truly follow God. Lies that say, God will never forgive you for what you've done. Lies that say, God, God could never love you. Oh, please hear me. Those are all just lies. There's no truth there. The truth is that God wants you to experience the fullness of his love. And you have to reject the lie. And this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Didn't have it all together. Had failed. Walking in failure. But God loved us so much. He went through the pain of the cross. The rejection of his friends. The torture of a Roman scourge. And a brow that a crown of thorns was pressed upon. Because he loves you. And you know what you're worth? You know what anything's worth? This is only worth what would be paid for it, right? I can think it's worth five. I can think it's worth ten. But if someone will pay twenty, what's it really worth? Twenty. You know what you're worth? You're worth Jesus' death to atone, you, to atone for your sins. That's what you're worth. He loves you. Just bow your heads for a minute. God is ready to shower you with his grace, to restore you with his mercy that is new every morning. Maybe you just need to ask him for forgiveness if you've not done that yet and receive it. And if you have asked him forgiveness, then know that you are already forgiven. God's mercy are new every morning. His grace is unending, and his love for you is eternal. Father, we thank you today for loving us. Even when we fall, even when we fail, even when we choose to walk away from what you said to do, God, you still love us. And Lord, it's in that love that we put our trust. And I want to, just with your heads bowed, if you just need to receive God's love anew today, would you just slip up your hand and say, I receive him. Just say, I receive God's love today, if that's you. Right on. 
anyone else to say, I've received God's love as an act of faith. Father, all over this room, all those people that are raising their hands, Lord, they're saying, I need the love of God. So would you shower them anew and afresh and let them know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they are loved. And walk with us in this journey. Be our companion and be our teacher. We put our faith and our trust in you and in your love that never ceases. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen.